Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Isn't this a beautiful scripture? Who, who has it on their fridge? No one. Come on, guys. Like, we, we, need to kind of, we need to make, the, like, I don't know, magnets so we can put on the fridge with the scripture. But it's such a beautiful scripture. And isn't it interesting that he, he's not a spotlight to our feet. He's a lamp to our feet. And I want us actually to put off the, the lights of this room. I want to illustrate something. Um, not really dark enough, but we can work with this. And I asked Paul, uh, Paul is somewhere here, we're going to get him out of the roof just now. <laughs> Where are you, Paul? There <laughs> we go. So this is quite an old school lamp. Thank you for the doors being closed. So those of you listening to this recording, it's dark in here. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and this is, uh, it's not necessarily like the lamp that they used back in the day, but it kind of gives us an idea of the lamps that were used back in the day. And some still use it, by the way. But it, it does give us an idea of this lamp isn't bright enough to show us, you know, the whole road. It actually just shows us our feet. And so you kind of have to walk one step at a time, right? You kind of need to just, okay, okay, I'm stepping here, and the light really just gives you enough light for your next step. And so what we sometimes want from God is for Him to be a spotlight. This is my bicycle light, so I don't know. It might be too bright for some of you. But it is, it is quite bright if it's really dark. And we kind of want our future to be lit up like this. You know what I mean? We want to see the whole road ahead of us. And actually, we don't, who wants to just know, know where to step next? We actually want to see the whole road. Thank you. You can put on the lights. Some people might fall asleep in the dark. And the, and the reality is God often does things differently. His ways are often different than ours. And He is our lamp to our feet, not the spotlight for our future. And sometimes we want to know what the next 10 years will hold and then we'll trust Him. But I believe in God's wisdom, He actually just gives us enough, enough light for our next step. He just gives us enough light for our next step. And you need to take that step in faith, saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And then when you made that step, you need to trust Him again for the next step. And then the next step. And in that way, in His wisdom, He keeps us relying on Him. Because I know myself. Some of you might know me, but I know you know you. And what we do is, we want God to give us the light, you know, the spotlight for our future. And then what we do is, okay, thank you, God. I'll take it from here. And then you make it happen. You rely on your, on your own strength. Am I the only one that goes through that? We want to have that security of what my future holds, right? Who doesn't want that? But the way of God is I'll give you the next step because I am the lamp to your feet. And in that, in holding that lamp to your feet, that creates the light to your path. He is the light. Just follow Him. Where is He? And follow Him because He is light. He is the one that we need to follow. 
But it's so hard because it, it means we need to let go of being in control, right? We need to actually let go of relying on ourselves and we need to learn to rely on Him. Who do we here in this hall have a, like a, what do you call it, a type A personality or a, a choleric personality? You want to, or even some of the other personalities have this trait of, I want to be in control. No one wants to be, no, no one? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Many of us deep down, you want to be in control of your life, right? But God's way is different. He actually says, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find life. But if you pick up your life, you'll lose it. Isn't the way of God often so different than the world? And we need to learn to trust. We need to learn to trust Him. And I'm always so amazed, honestly, I'm, I just, I'm honestly amazed when people exactly know how the next 10, 20 years will look like. No, the Lord said, I'm, in 20 years, I'm going to, like, sure, hey? I, I wish I could hear the Lord that clearly, to be honest. But often I know the Lord it just gives me the next step. Here and there, there will be a prophetic word of what, you, what, what the Lord is calling you for, and you get a sense of the Lord's heart for your future. But that isn't the, the set in stone spoken word, necessarily. Every prophetic word, actually, needs to be tested first by the word and by others. And so don't chase after prophetic words. Just follow the Lord one step at a time, and you'll fall into His perfect will. Don't try and figure your life out and then I'll trust Him. Just follow Him one step at a time. And I want to say, I mean, it's good to be a visionary. It's good to have dreams and desires and visions for what you want to do with your life. But be careful to put that in writing, in, 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 in pen, like this, thus says the Lord. It's almost like we want to tell God what He needs to do with our lives, right? Whereas, Lord, what do you want to do with my life? And I submit to you. And I follow you one step at a time. And I want to actually give you a scripture for this. In James 4, verse 13, read with me on the board. Can you guys see it behind me? Is it fine? Now listen, you say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that place or that city. I'll spend a year there, carry on business and make some money. It's kind of, I'm planning my life ahead. And in verse 14 it says, why? You, not, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Isn't that a challenging scripture? How often do you know next year I'm doing this and that and then the year after that and you kind of plan your, head, plan your year ahead or your life ahead, which isn't necessarily bad. We need a plan. You don't want to just, well, I'll just go where the wind blows, you know. That's, that's also not wise. We need to be wise in the way we make life decisions. But we ought to say, if it's your will, Jesus, which means we actually need to consult him on what his will is. We can't tell him what his will is. We need a Lord, what is your will? And we seek Him. We, we ask perspective because we want to walk in Him. We want to walk where His will is for us and not just run ahead. And I, and I do believe that I think for us as Christians that follows Jesus, we are at our most effective when we yield to His will. 
Sometimes, you know, being hungry to advance the kingdom of God, we just run with passion and zeal and kind of hope that Jesus is with me. And Jesus, are you keeping up? How often did the disciples actually live that way? They just wanted to just do whatever, and, and Jesus was just a chilled guy. We'll just stay here for now. No, but, 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 we'll just stay here. That's what I hear the Father say. And sometimes we want to run ahead, kind of wanting to rush Jesus along. But we need to be in perfect step with Him. And, that's, and the way we do it is by yielding to His will and not resisting. Not resisting what He wants to do. In Proverbs 3, Verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Not you. We want to make our path straight, right? Who wants like this crooked path that you want to walk on? No, we actually want our lives to be kind of simple, right? But in ourselves, we're just going to mess it up. We need Him to come and straighten our paths. And the way we do that is in verse 5. Just go back to verse 5 in Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. With all of your heart, you can trust the Lord. And do not lean on your own understanding. I think there's, like, this is the key. Do not lean on your own understanding. You might think you know what to do. Because you kind of feel like you have figured things out in life. Do not lean on that. You can gain a lot of wisdom, but do not lean on that. We need to lean on the Lord. We need to lean on His wisdom and not on our own. You know, I, I do believe when we trust Him, we let go of being in control. Coming from me. <laughs> I love just knowing what's happening, uh, and I, I don't like surprises. I said to my wife, when, when it's my birthday, please don't organize a surprise birthday party. I, I'm going to lose my mind. I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? I'll figure the surprise out. Because I don't like, you know, feeling not in control. And that often translates in, er in other areas in my life, you know, where I need to actually just let go of being in control. Not that I'm uh, like this weird, strong, overdramatic leader. I'm not that at all. But um, I just like knowing what's happening. That's kind of what I like. And I need to learn to trust the Lord and trust people around me and not taking things into my own hands all the time, right? Those of you in business, oof, that's hard. You, if, if someone doesn't do what you want him to do, give it to me, I'll do it, right? And there is definitely a place for that. I, I do believe that. But often there is something in our hearts like, I want to be in control. I don't want to rely on others. I want to trust on my own abilities. And we need to learn. This is what we need to learn. I think we need to learn that God sees the bigger picture. And we often don't. I think probably 99% of the time we don't. God sees the bigger picture. We get, we get glimpses of the bigger picture, and then we just run with that, where God sees the whole puzzle. He knows which little piece should go where. That was one of the 
hardest things for me to do is to build a puzzle with my wife. Like a big one. How many? Like, like a thousand pieces or something. I mean, some of you, who loves building puzzles here? Please come and just pray for me afterwards. But uh, it was one of the hardest things for me to do. I think it was your Andrew's wisdom. Leafy, we need to build a puzzle. Because she taught me how to just let go. You know, you can't build, well, some of you can, but we couldn't build a thousand-piece puzzle in a day. It was complicated, really complicated. <laughs> and it took time, and you kind of need to put the thing together and get the outline. I don't know how you build puzzles, but we did the outline, and then we started to you know, put pieces together according to color and what, what, what. And it took, like, way too long. <laughs> and I realized, like, we don't know the full picture. God knows. We have a glimpse of what it should look like, and yeah, but it's not as, that simple. But God knows. He sees the bigger picture of this puzzle, and He knows what piece should go where at what time. But if we take it into our own hands, it will take two weeks or something. But God knows how to build our lives and what is good for us. And so we often need to really just trust that He sees the bigger picture. And I want to just illustrate something. Theo, you look like someone that trusts, trusts people, right? Are you? Can I, can I use you for, a, for an example here? Yeah, maybe, do you know the trustful? Who of you have seen the trustful where you just let go of being in control and you're trusting that others will catch you? Do you know that? Okay, will you do that? But you can't choose who you're trusting you. So I need to choose. That's fine. <laughs> Can I get, let's, let's do six strong men. All right. Any volunteers? No one wants to stand up now. All right. Who else? We need two more. Dean and Enrico. And yeah, maybe you too. Albert, we need, we need you as well. Are you sure? <laughs> but to make it interesting, I actually want you to stand on the stage. And then you guys can um, just make like a... We actually need one more. Albert. Just get the strong guys out here. <laughs> All right, but you guys shouldn't mess this up now. <laughs> and so, Theo, I want you to, to fall into the arms of these guys. But, but, yeah, backwards. And you need, to, you need to trust them. All right. But can I just give one or two just, um, what do you call it, suggestions? Theo, you need to trust fully here. You can't trust halfway with one foot, you know, or your hand, you know, holding on their shoulders, because then you'll actually mess the whole thing up more. And so you need to trust fully by just letting go and falling into their arms. Is that cool? Will you do that? Are you stressing? What's your heart rate? <laughs> All right, if you're ready, go for it. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> yeah, I'll give them a hand. Thanks, guys. You guys can grab a seat. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, that was a good form. Well done, Theo. <laughs> you know, in, in, in some way, that's how we, we need to trust God. We need to really let go and just fall into His arms, fall into what He knows, fall into His strength. And yes, people will disappoint. People will actually give you a reason not to trust. But God is the perfect God, and He will never disappoint. Our perspective will, might look different, and we might feel disappointed by Him. 
But the common denominator here is not God. It's often you, me. That, you know? And so we need to learn to trust Him and to fall into His arms and, and to really allow Him to catch us and to do what's best for us. But if it's when we are like half-hearted, oh, I don't know if I can really trust and I kind of fall with one foot on the stage and one foot off the stage, I don't know if that is possible, but you know, just picture that. It's actually going to hurt you more. We need to learn to fully give ourselves without any resistance. Without any resistance, give ourselves to Him. You know, the word submit in, in, in that scripture that I just read in uh, um, Proverbs 3. In all your ways, submit to Him. Is that what it said? Submit to Him. The word submit actually means to be paralyzed in the arms of. Which means when, when Theo fell into their arms, there was like that moment of I'm submitting, not to my own will, now I'm submitting to you guys, and you better catch me. And often with God, that's the way we need to submit ourselves to Him, is I don't resist you, God. I give myself fully to you. And so, does that make sense? Thank you for those strong guys. Eh? That was uh, quite impressive. To, uh, Enrique, especially you, big arms and all that. <laughs> and I want to just mention this to you. When, when I read the passage of when Jesus called his disciples to follow him, have you read that before? I was, I was even chatting this morning with someone. He doesn't call the perfect ones. Shoo, you can, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay, yes. He doesn't just call the perfect ones. He called me and you. More me than you <laughs> when it comes to that. But the, the point is, there should, be, there should be a willingness in our hearts to follow Him. There should be a yes in our hearts to follow Him. And that, He, he, looks, he looks at our hearts. He looks at those that says yes when He calls. And he called the disciples, and, and it's beautiful to read that passage where it says that immediately they left what they were busy with and they followed him. That meant, I'm giving up control. I'm submitting to you, Jesus. I don't know what it's going to look like, but there's a yes in my heart, and I'm going to follow you. I trust you that you know what my future holds. You know where I'm going. You know what you want to use me for. I'm letting go of my understanding of it and I'm trusting you. So there's a yes in my heart. We'll figure out the nuts and bolts along the way. But the starting point is a yes in our hearts. I don't know if we can follow Jesus. Okay, Lord, just give me the T's and C's beforehand. I mean, who does read the T's and C's? By the way, some of you don't. I'll send it off to you, and then you can just check it out for me next time. But I usually just skip over those T's and C's, you know, trusting it's all legit. <laughs> and we can't do that with Jesus. We can't, Lord, just give me all the T's and C's. The T's and C's here is leave your life and follow me. That's it. Leave your life and follow me, and trust me along the way. Often you'll get stories that says, don't even take things with you on this ministry trip. We can't always do that. You know? but, but in that wisdom of God, in that moment, to that specific group of people, he said, don't even take food or, or clothes with you. Trust me along the way. 
Trust me along the way. Are you still trusting the Lord along your way? And we need that yes in our hearts. But the thing is, often we get impatient. We get a bit agitated. We want to help God along on this journey. We want to rush things. And I don't know about you, but usually when there's a, a, a rush in my heart, there's very little faith. Where there's the urgency and the agitation, I don't know if there is a word like that, but if that is in my heart, like, oh Lord, I want to rush you along, usually there's not a lot of faith involved. But when there's faith in Jesus, you'll be patient, because that is what he's like. He's patient. You'll trust him. You'll trust his timing. And, you know, I think in our culture, saying, uh, in, our, in our worldview of growing up with a lot of Christian lingo around us, a lot of churches, we often take the mindset of, Lord, I'm going to do this, and then when I do that, I'm just going to pray that you'll bless it. And that's how we follow Jesus often, isn't it? But I think it's the wrong way around, actually. We need to actually, Lord, what do you want to do? What, what is your will? And, and then when you speak, then I do it. Because when you heard him, it will be blessed. But sometimes we just rush ahead, run ahead, do whatever I think is right. And along the way, you realize you need to pray, you know. And it's like, Lord, Lord I pray that you'll bless this. Sure, that is, that is a confidence that is borderline on manipulating God's will. I think we need to actually ask him, Lord, what is your will? And actually follow him that way. All right? Who of you, when you were little, got lost in a shopping mall somewhere? Some of you might not remember that because you're still lost. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I remember, you know, growing up, being little, you know, it just feels like my world is falling apart when you're small and you're in a shopping mall. It's, you know, it might be the smallest shop in the whole mall, but it just feels like your whole world is falling apart. I don't know where my parents are. You're stuck alone in that aisle. I don't know where to go, you know. It just feels like, am I ever going to see my parents again? <laughs> and, I, and, and I think with the Lord, it often does feel like it, where our lives feel like, where it feels like our lives are falling apart, where it feels like my whole World is ending. I don't know where to go. I don't know where, where Jesus is. I don't know where my father is here. Why did he leave me in the aisle? Whereas often it's probably because you took the step away from him at, at first. When he told you, listen, just hold my hand. Don't run off. Just hold my hand. Walk with me and you'll be safe there. We often know, but that is exciting. And you just, and then where's my, where's my dad? You know? And I think for us, we need to learn to, to hold our dad's hand. We need to learn to stay with him. There are many exciting things that the world will offer you. But the most safe place where you can be is by holding his hand. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of all the noise in this world, you want to be found holding his hand. Are you still holding his hand? Or are you at the distance Waving, wishing that he was with you or wishing you were with him. How close are you to Jesus right now? We don't have to run off. Just stay where he is. And I wonder, 
how many of us are missing out on what God is calling us for, on what He has called you for, because you initially heard Him speak. You got so excited and you rushed off, thinking you're doing the right thing, whereas the Lord is actually just giving you the introduction and there's 10 more chapters to the story. How many of us are missing out to His will because we are assuming this is what He's saying? Sometimes we just need to slow down and let Him finish talking. Let Him just finish. And often He doesn't, he doesn't speak in one sentence. He speaks in months. He speaks in years. Let Him finish what He wants to say to you before rushing off. So do you, do you still trust the Lord in your life? I want to end with this. Do you still trust Him with your life? And what I mean with life is every part of your life, your career, those who are students here, do you trust Him with your future? Those who are working in businesses, wherever, are you trusting Him with your current path? Are you trusting Him with what you're busy with? Are you trusting Him for your family? Your family might follow Jesus already. They might not yet. But are you trusting Him with your family? Kids, kids are popping up all over the place in recent times, mine included. And are we trusting the Lord with our kids? And I mean, uh, we've got a big responsibility, yes. I don't want to shy away from that. But are we trusting Him with them, with our finances. Milan, you did excellent on what you shared this morning. I thought it was excellent. Just on encouraging us to really be faithful unto the Lord. And are we trusting Him with that? And what I said earlier is true. We can't follow Jesus by picking up our lives. We follow Him by giving our lives to Him. And Galatians 2 verse 20 I want to read this as I land. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's no longer I that live anymore. The day you give your life to the Lord, you say yes to him, and it means that Christ now lives within you. Which means there's a voice that you need to recognize and that you need to follow, which is His voice, not your own voice. And so when it comes to all the different areas of your life, it all should submit to Him. It, all, it is all subject to Jesus and what He wants in those different areas. You know, I'm not going to do this now, but when I was a student um, at TMT in it's a Josh Jane's Bible school. We uh, did this one drama. I'm not a very dramatic guy. Uh, am I? <laughs> and this one drama is just still meant so much to me. And it's, it's this drama of walking into a house which is made up of different rooms. This house has many different rooms. And as we walk into this house... There's a sense of you bringing in Jesus along with you in, in that room. And you bring, bring you in 
Jesus, this is my bedroom. This is where my clothes are at. This is this. This is that. Okay, but there's a door that I don't want you to go in. But let, let's just move on. Go, let me show you the next room. And we kind of show him the rooms which we like and which we want to brag about. But there's one or two rooms that I, just, ooh, I, I don't know. I don't want you to go in there. Where in our lives, often we do that with him. Like we trust you with this, this, and that. But these things, Lord, I think I've got, I've got it. I've got it covered. I'll take care of it. I'll handle it. I don't want you to, to, to stress about it, Jesus. You know, we, we often want to just convince him that way. Whereas the Lord wants us to bring our whole house, every room, every room of your heart, every room of your life needs to be subject to him, needs to be submitted to him, with him knowing what's happening in every area. And in that way, in the way you open up your life to him, every part of it, even the, 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 the ugly parts, we bring it to him and we trust him with our lives. That's how we should live. You know, some of you might, might be, be here this morning and the Lord is busy working in your heart. I'm not, I'm not saying it in terms of this preach. I'm saying in general, you feel like the Lord is doing something in your heart. It feels like He's ironing things out. You know, some wrinkles that in, your, in your life, in your heart that He's ironing out. Some character flaws that He's making you aware of. Things that you, that you never thought was a problem, but now suddenly the Lord is putting His finger on that and saying, hey, we, wanna, we need to work on this. We need to work on this. And he's ironing out some, some character things in your life. It's hard. We, we have this lingo that we, we always say he's doing heart surgery. And I don't want to make light of those actually with heart problems, but it's something of we bring our hearts and, and Lord, you are ne- you needing to come and do heart surgery with my character, with every part of my life. And those things are hard. It's hard. When the Lord comes and He confronts different areas of our lives. But we need to give, give ourselves to, to Him in every part. You know, His he's heart is to purify you. His heart is to make you clean and spotless. A pure person. Because there's a day drawing near when He's coming back for His pure and spotless bride. And the way we get ready for that day is, Lord, come and do your heart surgery. If you need to change something in my life, come and do that. I don't want to stay the person that I walked in here. I want to walk out looking more like you. And there's a saying, he accepts you where you are, but he doesn't leave you the way you are. He accepts you the way you are, but then he takes you on a journey to become more like him. And we need to trust Him with those processes. We need to trust Him with those processes. And can I, can I assure you of something this morning that I read recently in Scripture? It's in Philippians 1 verse 6. Being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until that day of Christ Jesus, that day that I was just referring to, that day when He's coming back, He is passionate about it to finish the work that He has started in you. He is passionate about that. And you can be confident of that, that He will finish the work that He has started in you. If you allow Him to do it, 
If you say, Lord, I trust you, he'll do it. He'll take you up on your word. And that's, isn't that beautiful? We can trust him. We can trust him. Be confident that you can trust him. And even this morning, as I asked the question earlier, if you struggle to trust people, is that possibly translating that you're struggling to trust God? That you're a bit skeptical when it comes to God, when you're a bit passive when it comes to God? There might actually come breakthrough in your life as you possibly forgive someone and say, well, yes, that person did hurt me, but I'll forgive and I'll trust again. Can I say something controversial? Trust is given, not really earned. And yes, uh, people will disappoint, but we actually need to give our trust to the Lord, to one another. We need to believe the best of one another. The saying of you need to, just, you need to first earn my trust, I think it's ungodly. Now, I mean, if you're, if you're being abused and all of that, it's a different scenario, and we'll work through that with you. But we need to actually learn to trust without the T's and C's.